Hello, folks, and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. I'm Joe Oberly, senior writer at vikingsterritory.com and purpleptsd.com. That's Mark Craig. He's the NFL insider, Vikings writer for the Star Tribune and startribune.com. And this is my dog, Daisy, and my daughter's dog, uh, Cooper, who are helping with the broadcast today. Uh, not co- n- Neither one of them can play quarterback. Uh, unfortunately, so they can't can't sign them. But uh, um, Mark, you know it's it's uh, it's kind of the doldrums of the time of year for the NFL. We're waiting for the new year, new league year to start on the on uh, uh, February March thirteenth. But until uh, we had a little news earlier this w- last week, the uh, it was announced that the NFL salary cap uh, rose. Uh, to 255.4 million for the 2024 season, which is up a record 30.6 from uh, last year. Um, it's uh, it's it's a nice it's a nice bump, and certainly has impact on on how things take place. What do you what do you think that means right off the top of the your head? Uh, first of all, Joe doldrums in the NFL. It's, you can, you're not allowed to say that, so you got, we're gonna have to. You know, get you some NFL Kool-Aid in that glass. I mean, everybody, including Daisy and Cooper, have an opinion on Kirk Cousins and, you know, what's going to happen. Um, and, and the combine starting today. Or it's uh, Well, people are going to the combine today. And, uh, this is the whole week, and uh, Kwesi and KOC are going to talk tomorrow with the group and then Wednesday with the local writers that are going. Uh, I haven't been to the combine in probably 15, 15 years. You've been boycotting it like those other coaches. And what, yeah, exactly. So if, if it's not good enough for McCarthy and Zim, Belichick, well, Belichick doesn't have to go anymore. So right. he kind of stopped going, I think. There's um, a lot of them that have pulled out. I mean, yeah, is that, I'm is not that weird, sure. do you think? I'm not quite, because McCarthy did it last year when, when he was putting his offense, new offense together. Now he's doing it, putting his new defense together. Hmm. I, I don't know what the – what the, it used to when, for at least for the media standpoint, when I used to go – uh, it was it was a smaller affair, and the old timers back then who who started going when it was just a handful of guys were saying it, it's become a big deal now. Uh, fans got involved; they knew where to where to where to hide out to get autographs, and it just became this huge. I haven't seen it in a long time, but uh, but it's still it's part of the process. It's evaluating everything. Um, you know that this the cap going up it sort of surprised me because. Generally, the you know the people that follow this stuff, the websites and the media that do follow the, they were projecting it to be about 240, $242 million. Uh, it's two hundred and fifty-five million, so that's you know thirteen million more than what other you know than what we're expecting. Get you, uh, it'll get you another half of another prized free agent, wouldn't it? Another well, but that thirteen million dollars. If you look at it, it, when you can say you've got a five-year contract. And you can, you know, uh, spread the life of a contract out over three to five years. You're talking about 13 for this, you know, you know over five years. So it's a lot of money, yeah. a lot more money. But I guess in the relative, it's sort of like uh, we had a little inflation discussion the other day about, uh, you know, there's more dollars chasing fewer free agents now. So it's really, it's a relative term. What I do think it means is that as far as like, Probably, you know, we're talking about Kirk Cousins, obviously, being and Daniil Hunter. Um, 
you know, that puts the team like, like the Steelers were up against the cap big time. Uh, and they need a quarterback. And, and there's, there's rumblings in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, the, hey, Kirk Cousins will look pretty good with this with this setup. You know, it's a, it's a playoff team with a really good coaching staff. Uh, it puts maybe puts them in play. It uh, it maybe raises the price for the Vikings to to have to pay. Um, it's but they're you know as far as like going out and getting all these lists of with the top free agents, so that top defensive tackle, top edge rusher, all that stuff. Those people are probably going to get re-signed by their teams. Uh, so I think it, it the quality of the free agency is going to go down because teams are going to be keeping the best guys that are available they're not going to they're not going to be available now do you think it hurts uh negotiations with kirk because i heard that you know i mean you see all kinds of rumors online but there was one that uh uh the pff said that the contract for kirk like two years 35 million a piece for 70 million is like the area and i don't know that we've ever heard kirk agreeing something like that does this more money help them to pay him or uh does it uh hurt them that uh, other teams can pay more or, or where do you think that that lands with i think that? it ramps up their 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 push to if they want him to get it done before march 11th march 11th is when the legal tampering period begins when people you know probably the, not that just means the illegal tampering period begins at the combine so i mean there's the teams that want him are going to be lining up. The Vikings are probably going to know what some of these teams want to pay. Uh, you know, the Vikings really want him, and they can get him in that that range. I don't think $35 million does it. We've talked several times, you know, that to me the Daniel Jones $40 million a year is the deal. That's you got to match that, and I wouldn't do it for three years. I would, you know, the two-year $90 million, which you kind of see around, uh, makes it more palatable for the Vikings to do that. Uh, and, and but it also you, they in conjunction with this they got to figure out who is their quarterback when Kirk is done in two years, you know have a plan have an exit strategy because as we've said a million times, I, if, if if you don't have Kirk Cousins you're still kind of he's twenty eight and a half million dollars on the cap now people could say the cap going up makes it easier to absorb that twenty eight and a half but I'd rather if you have to absorb dead cap money. Do it when you have a young quarterback that, that can take over for him. That way you, you remain competitive. You know, Kirk is not going to guarantee you that you win, but Kirk is right now going to give you the best chance to win, which yeah. is why Kirk has been making a lot of money for a lot of years. He gives you the best chance. It hasn't you know happened in a big way, but he still gives you, when you look to the future, gives you the best chance to win of all the options that they have right now. I heard uh... – or I read uh, this morning that our old friend Jeremy Fowler, I think he's with ESPN now, said that uh, uh, Kwesi and KOC are going to start talking with Kirk down at the uh, uh, combine. It seems like a strange place to do it, but uh, or that they're they're the stop they're going to start trying to talk to him and, and and get something done like you talk about. So. Hopefully, the sooner the better for him, right? To get to get something done. Yeah, I mean, I think March 11th, if, if you know, all bets are off when it gets to March 11th because then, um, you know, the, the, the Falcons come into play or the Steelers come into play or, or any of these other number of teams that come into play. Uh, I don't know that he goes back to Washington. Washington needs a quarterback. I doubt he goes back to Washington. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, New England, I, I don't know. We don't know what 
you know, right now he's he's a guy that's being talked about as, um, you know, and, and, and if he wasn't in Minnesota, Minnesota and say Minnesota was stumbling along with uh, Nick Mullins or whatever for a year or two, uh, well, they'd probably be higher up in the draft. But, um, you know, they would be going, hey, you know, let's get Kirk Cousins. We have Brian Flores in place. Uh, but, yeah, if they can get him for, you know, that, I'm just assuming the two-year, ninety million, because um, last year the stumbling block was he wanted a guarantee uh, into 2025. Mm-hmm. Well, now, if you do, a, I guess a guarantee 24-25, does that get it done? If that gets it done, you probably bite the bullet. Uh, you get your quarter, but you've got to get your quarterback set up for the future. Uh, and I and that, they've been talking. I mean, it's but this is where the, the negotiations really start. To, yeah combine it because it's face to face it's uh uh they really start ramping up and and i think that's when uh if you're holding any cards close to the vest you you know you start saying hey this is our plan this is what we want to do uh and, and you start really gearing up for it i heard uh i heard kirk say somewhere uh that he wanted to go three more years and i think he wants to get his his kids to see him play, you know, uh, at, at an age where they might remember it. He's got two young boys. And so I think that's part of his motivation. I'm, I'm sure he would like to stay in Minnesota, uh, in those, under those conditions. Um, but I just don't know if uh, the Vikings want to go three years and certainly not. Well, that's, speed. that's a, that's a discussion for 2025. If I'm the Vikings, if I'm Kirk, yeah, I, w- I want to be guaranteed till I'm 50 years old. <laughs> but I think, you know, at some point he's going to have to, if he truly wants to stay here and they match the per, the, the annual, I don't think $35 million a year for seven is going to get it done. It, you know, that, that's like I said, uh, to me, to me, it's a Daniel Jones contract. Yeah. And so that's, that's where, if he can do that, um, you know, I mean, it, it, how many contracts did, did Tom Brady sign as he was going through his career? Uh, you thought that well, it's going to end, and then oh, hey, he's still good. You know, as long as Kirk still is productive and yeah. good, he'll he'll be getting his money for past you know 2025. It's just right now, if I'm the Vikings, I'd be like that. For me, it's two years. I'm committed to you for two years, and if that's not enough, then then I'm you know we're going to go through the list of other guys. I'm I'm looking somewhere else. Do you, you know, you've said that a few times, and, and I, I certainly uh, am inclined to agree with you about the Daniel Jones. He wants at least 40, you know, because Daniel Jones is getting this. And um, do you think that's uh, as huge a priority to a guy like Kirk, who doesn't seem to have the same ego as some of the other players in the league, maybe, or wants to be the highest paid this or the highest paid that? Or do you think uh, things like guaranteed, length of contract and, and where he's at, which is, I think he wants to be in Minnesota is, is more important than something like he's got to hit that mark so that he's got one more dollar than Daniel Jones. Well, I don't know that it's one more dollar or this or one, but if, if it's, if it's $5 million less then yeah. I mean, Kirk, if we know what Kirk, Kirk's a, uh, he's a good player, but he's a great businessman and he's, yeah. And, yeah, and he's, uh, when he gambled on himself in Washington and they, they did the two franchise tags and then he got free agency, got his three years guaranteed. He kept playing well, but he wasn't winning a ton, but he kept playing well enough to be in the mix and he's still doing that. And now, uh, even though his turnovers were high and the record wasn't great, 
it's that, that little snapshot of last season is sort of like Kirk in a nutshell. Uh, you know, he took off, you know, it was his second year with, with O'Connell. Um, he was really looking, you know, good statistically and, but they were kind of taking some terrible turnovers that Kirk included. Kirk, I think had eight turnovers in seven games. Yeah. Something like uh, that. Things yeah. like that. You know, it weren't all his fault, of course, but it was like Kirk in a nutshell. It's like, you want to see more. Well, if you want to see more, you got to pay more, you know? So they, hmm. uh, they're in that spot where I think, you know, he's, I feel he's, he sort of has you over a barrel where if you want to, if you want to be competitive now, if you just want to throw away 2024, throw away another year, Justin Jefferson, don't, you know, just, you know, Hey, Nick Mullins, can you get us through 17 games so we can start for next year? Right. Uh, you know, things like that, then yeah, go ahead. But you can yeah, only throw away. You just don't step back in this league. I don't think. You can only throw away the year on Nick Mullins. If you get your quarterback in the draft, you, you, you can't just, you know, uh, throw away these two years or whatever with Nick Mullins, unless you got that guy in the in the shoot, and we we figure they're going to do that. I wanted to ask you one more question about the salary cap, and yeah, you had said it was surprising, and there was a lot of people that were surprised at how much it went. Do you think it had anything to do with uh, all the new eyeballs that were on the league this year because of uh, the 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 Swift boat there, and a Swift boat, uh, the Taylor Swift factor that was. Uh, happening in KC because, you know, we had the highest, the Super Bowl was the highest watch program, TV program in history. And I think we do know why that is. It had something to do with it, but maybe there's more money came in through the league. And, you know, I mean, do, do you have any thoughts on that or is it just baloney? Well, uh, you know, it, it, with COVID, it, remember when it went down with COVID, you know, the year that they didn't have, uh, have, have fans and the, the sour cap actually went down. Well, when it went down, you know, the league the teams, all, all the teams had to do a COVID fund or whatever, where they put the money aside. And then you know, come, this was the year it came back, that money that they set aside uh, for a rainy day, Joey. And we got, you got to set aside, you know, a couple hundred million, million, billion dollars of whatever. Uh, yeah, I did that last week. You fall yeah. on hard times. Yeah. You know, you can't, you know, the NFL doesn't have sap out there at the, at the Joe Oberly estate to sell to get by. So, they had to put some money aside. Neck money came back. Um, and But also, yeah, I mean, this was the first time we saw a playoff. I believe it was the first time we saw a playoff game where you had to buy a streaming site, right? I mean, it, was, yeah. it wasn't much, but you yep. know, five, six dollars times a million or whatever it is. It, it went, worked for them. So, well, you'll see the cap go up more and more. I mean, Taylor Swift obviously had a big impact this year, uh, but those – all that TV money was already negotiated and set. And, mm. but you know, they, they're saying now that it might go up 23, $26 million every single year. Wow. I mean, we've already in 2013, I was looking at the history of the cap 2013 was like 133 or $123 million. I think uh, just a year, just a decade ago. And now they've doubled it. It's doubled. And so, um, you know, it's just, these numbers, and we're seeing it. We're seeing what you know, we're talking about forty million dollars for Kirk Cousins. That that's not top dollar anymore. Top dollar for the quarterbacks is an average of fifty three, fifty five, fifty four million dollars, fifty six million dollars. Receivers are now making what quarterbacks made not too long Jeez. ago. At so least it's, you know, it's all. I, I don't know. You still need to draft well to, to fill in the spot, but you're going to have to pay more. And uh, frankly, right now, if you want to stay competitive now get your quarterback, have him learn behind Kirk, which 
I, another reason why this works is you're, you know, learning behind Kirk. I think, you know, I think we all saw what Kirk's work ethic and what he was like. And Netflix did a good job illuminating who Kirk is as a person. I think if, you know, Kirk gets his guaranteed money as two years and there's a rookie there. Um, I feel that Kirk Cousins would be a good mentor uh, of, you know, the guy might, you know, I don't think you want him to play the same way Kirk does as far as by being immobile or, or not running as much or whatever, but Kirk would be a good guy to, to mentor a, a younger guy along. I feel. Yeah. As far as the uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, all I can say is that I don't see that as a, uh, a rock solid guaranteed sustainable way to, to raise revenues in a league. Unless, unless Goodell can get his, uh, uh, license to perform ceremonies and get those two hitched you know he's got he it's not something that i think is sustainable then it'll be over you know it'll be i'm wearing my as a new swifty i'm wearing my red there you go god we got that Um, i don't think i i I don't think i i would probably be twice as old as the the nearest swifty i think or or is that (laughs) is that a generational thing with uh I don't know. There's there uh, Swifty. She's everywhere. She's got you know. She's even getting into reaching into our demographic. So, but maybe not guys. I have no idea. Um, anyway, on Mark Craig being a Swifty, that's a note we'll have to take a break because Cooper wants to go outside. But uh, we'll come on back and we'll talk about uh, what it might look like if the Vikings go with the, that alternate situation on Kirk Cousins and maybe go with a bridge quarterback. Uh, anybody not named Kirk. So come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, you know, we've talked, you know, Kirk Cousins and Jefferson and Daniel Hunter are going are, are dominating the news for this team in the offseason. They're the biggest, three biggest linchpins. And uh, uh, so we've talked about Kirk and we're going to, we're going to talk about a scenario now and wish there wouldn't be Kirk if the Vikings then decided to to move on. They couldn't couldn't come to an agreement, you know, whether it's on years of the contract or whether it's on uh, guaranteed money, which Kirk likes or what have you. But uh, 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 spot track, God, I can't say that. How do you say that? Spot track. That it's spot rack. Spot rack. God dang, it's a it's a strange name. Maybe that's you know. Maybe we remember it, but we can't freaking say it. But anyway, they got a listing of uh, f- uh, free agent quarterbacks uh, who are not named Kirk Cousins. And so uh, we wanted to take a look at that and see who's out there. Uh, Kirk Cousins is the number one quarterback uh, uh, on the free agent market, and which is, should be no surprise. But uh, coming up right behind him, who guys that would probably – fit that mold of of uh a bridge quarterback uh going forward while they drafted some some young guy you got ryan Tannehill, J- jacob jacoby Brissett, and mitchell trubisky and, and <laughs> i go down the list i mean there's more tyrod taylor uh marcus mariota who's also in that netflix thing sam Darnold, drew lock then way down there's baker mayfield but uh you know they got some market value on uh Ryan Tannehill, um, uh, and one year for five million dollars. Wow, that is affordable, isn't it? Well, that's be, that's before, uh, like you know, I made a, a reference. I, I grew up in Ohio. At Kmart. I know there were Kmart's here, right? Yes. And the blue light special. Remember when you were a kid? I used to get fifty I cents. Yeah, you know, I would 
you know, you 50 cents to go shopping while my mom did her shopping. And I would, you know, when they, when they blew the, or they had the, the blue light and it went off, it, oh, you had to go see what was in the bin. Well, if you go, if they had, if they had a Kmart now and they had a blue light, you'd look in the bin and you'd see Mitchell and Jacoby, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus <laughs> Mariota. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's probably unfair to say Kirk is a bridge. He feels like a bridge here. But like if you're the Steelers or or you're maybe a team that you feel like you're close, Kirk is being looked at sort of like the Vikings were looking at him, you know, not too long ago as a, you know, maybe not to that extent because Kirk was, was a lot younger, uh, wasn't coming off an Achilles, but uh, probably a little more than a bridge quarterback to some of these teams that might want him. Uh, and, and Baker Mayfield, I think a, he was a bridge quarterback last year who sort of, you know, was a one-year, $4 million prove-it deal, and I think he proved it well enough that that uh, the Buccaneers probably bring him back and get you know about I think his his market value was like four years twenty seven million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I don't yeah. think that, you know if I'm the Vikings, I don't look at him as like as let's outbid you know, the Tampa Bay to get him out or just go the Kirk Cousins route because if you get hit him with if you if you pay too much for this this bridge quarterback, you still got to pay you still have Kirk Cousins on your cap at twenty eight. $29 million. So, uh, but you know, Tannehill at one point was a throwaway quarterback. I personally wouldn't want him, uh, wouldn't want him, uh, you know, but at that kind of money, you got to start thinking if you do draft your quarterback and he is your guy, he might even beat out Tannehill. So you'd have Tannehill at, you know, this one year, $5 million or six, whatever it would be with the new salary cap. Uh, and you roll with that. And I think, you know, the Vikings are attractive for one of these guys. You wouldn't, you could probably get, you know, someone that would want to try to jumpstart their career when you got, you know, TJ Hawkinson, you got uh, uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously, and, 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 um, uh, and Addison, you know, you don't have much of a running game, but you know I'm saying? It gets a little bit attractive for, for a lot of those guys that are, aren't going to be, uh, you know, right. exactly in a choosing position, but, you know, there's Sam Darnold, there's uh, Drew Locke, Gardner Minshew, you know, those are rent a quarterbacks, you know, guard, you know, the Darnolds and at one time was, you know, top pick, uh, top three pick. And now he's, uh, you know, like one of those guys, well, how can we squeeze a year out of him? Stuff like that. Um, yeah. You got Carson talk Wentz. Teddy out of, talk Teddy out of coaching his high school team. Maybe he'll come back for a, a little, <laughs> for another go at it. Oh God. It, it's, you know, I, it, it doesn't uh, excite you that much. I guess, I mean, when you start looking at someone like Tannehill at, you know, $5 million, I guess, for a season, it looks awful attractive. What do they pay a guy like Mullins? I mean, I, I, I look at this list, and one of the other Vikings quarterbacks' market value is on the list, uh, Josh Dobbs, and his market value is set at one year for six Point seven million dollars um, is is that the way to go? You know, to bring him back and uh, do that. I mean, I, I, well, I, I'm, I'm Mullins can't be making that much money, can he? No, and I've I've, I've made reference to it before, but it's it's no, it's um, you know, I think it's the minimum. You know, a couple million. Uh, you know, if you can get by on that, Joe. I you know, I personally, I'd just go into something else if I couldn't. You know, can't make five million a year, uh, but yeah, he's you know he, he's you know one two million dollars. I think uh, I think Jared Hall is a little over a million. Uh, so 
I think, you know, Nick Mullins will be in that in that range. Um, you know, I, I, I've said that I'm disappointed with how, you know, the Dobbs thing, how it started and the potential that it looked like. And you had a quarterback guru head coach and where it went from there and how it fizzled so quickly and then just disappeared. Uh, I don't think that you can sell that to Vikings fans or to the team maybe that, hey, you know, we're going to give Josh Dobbs another run uh, at $7 million. But Josh Dobbs, to me, uh, he earned it. He, even though it, 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 it fizzled and the, and the Vikings benched him and made him third quarterback and all that <clears throat> quickly, they, he, he established a uh, – somewhere in this league is going to be, hey, you know, this is a guy that we're going to – you know they're going to feel like they can get more out of him. Uh, whether it's $7 million, I don't know. Um, but I, I don't see him coming back. But who knows? If, if, if it totally falls apart, uh, I would rather have Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins. I said yeah. that. I said that down the stretch. Yeah, you did. Even when he struggled, and it became, oh, you got to get rid of Josh. Josh, like, no, work more with him. You, you know, uh, get they didn't listen to you, Mark. Yeah, I don't know. I. Uh, it's uh, well, I mean, you, you've got a you, you kind of set these out in tiers, and your third tier is Dobbs or. Yeah, talk Joe Flacco into coming off the couch again. Um, again, I, you know that was a great story, and I don't think you ever would have got him out of uh, Cleveland if uh, if it had continued. But it really kind of hit the bricks in the playoffs, and so I, I'm not sure that's the way to go. And then, yeah, and then and then you put on your list Jake Browning. Would not that be something to have bring that guy back here? After the way he screamed at the Vikings after they got beat by the Bengals. Well, he's a restricted guy, so yeah, you know, I don't know what kind of limp, what what they put on him, what kind of tag they put on him. Um, you know, I, I think the market value was two years, ten million. I, I don't know. Uh, he certainly proved that he'd be a, you know, be a good backup quarterback, uh, which he probably, you know, should have been maybe here. I, who knows? Um, but. You know, there's other guys on there. I mean, there's just the Carson Wentz, you know, Josh Johnson, Brandon Allen, Mason Rudolph, who probably helped himself a little bit with, a, you know, he, he played what when the Steelers needed that push at the end of the season. You know, he replaced um, he replaced Pickett and got in there and won some games and went to the playoffs. He's, he's not a guy that's going to cost you a lot of money. He's a, he's a younger, I believe he's 29. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, I guess, options. They're not all great options, but no. there's better than than just saying, well, you know, we're just going to go with Nick Mullins and see what happens. Um, you know, yeah, I, I uh, it really remains to be seen. I, you can't, I mean, when you look at this and what what's what's out there for you, I think they almost have to bite the bullet if they they want to please their fan base and and sign Kirk to to some kind of deal that gets them to their next quarterback. But, you know, I, I have said it in the past, and you you sounds like you're starting to come along. Maybe they do just rip off the Band-Aid and go for the, the bridge and, and and make sure you get that that quarterback. Do you, do you, does, that, does that seem like the desirable thing for you to for this franchise to do, you think? Well, I, with where they're at in the draft, you know, this team, it's amazing. This team is now 60, what, three or 64 years old. Yep. It's never had a draft pick. It's never picked a quarterback in the top 10, primarily because they rarely, you know, they're, they're, they're never celebrating a Super Bowl, but they're never celebrating or they're never like uh, bad enough to, you know, to be that, that first pick. Yeah. So, um, Matt Carrillo was about the highest thing they've got in recent times. They, they had a third, they had the third overall pick and traded up 
or fourth, and they traded up and got Matt Khalil at third. Went down. To they four. traded down. They went, yeah. I think, from three to four. Um, but um, if they were sitting in one, uh, you know, then then you say, hey, I, I'm taking the best quarterback available in what's you know generally regarded as a deep quarterback with a lot of you know difference makers. I don't know, Caleb Williams. I don't know enough to, to offer a, a, a final opinion on him. I know that when I watched him, it it fell short of all the hoopla that I was like. You should to go to the combine, Mark. Oh, well, you know, I in my limited uh, view of him was like, I, I don't, I'm not sold that he's a, you know, he's just, you know, you just walk up and make that pick and, you're, and then you win, you know, everything. Uh, we'll see, you know. Uh, but if they were sitting in the top two or three and were guaranteed to get a guy that they absolutely love, then, yeah, I would say Kirk Cousins has to walk. You fill in with, uh, you know, the Ryan. You fill in with someone cheap, and that way, you Kirk comes off the board. You know, if if they were to get that guy, you know, if they if if you're guaranteed of getting that guy, then you know Kirk would come off the board as this guy's going into a second year. But I, you know, at this point, I don't see them as getting the top quarterback, or maybe even the top two or three, the top two quarterbacks. No, top three quarterbacks probably not. So. You know, to me, it's it's a different scenario of, you know, getting Kirk, getting you through, you know, two years and, and working with a guy. Um, so it's where they're at at number eleven. It's it's a sticky, and it, it, this is but this is the big year for, for you know, this is where uh, this is a make. You know, I don't want to say make or break yet, but man, I they, they botched this year, Quasey. You know that that's a he'll be. Taking on a lot of water, let's put it that. He might way. not be able to make it here, but he uh, he could certainly break it, couldn't he? I think if 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 it if he has another draft like that first one, there the pitchforks will be out. You know, yeah. Just, just, if if you end up putting so much capital in a quarterback, you're you're probably not going to get it right away. Like if he were to make a great trade and he gets a CJ, like say uh, a quarterback who has the CJ Stroud year. Yeah, yeah, there'll be will be there'll be a ticker tape parade for the guy. Yeah, if uh, if you know if they get a guy that needs a little bit of work and he's behind Kirk, and they don't get uh, a top one or two pick uh, contributing right away because they had to you know invest that in the quarterback, then he gets a little time. I guess. So you're saying that uh, we're uh, we're Kmart shopping, huh? No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, do you go back where Kmart had all the good stuff? You know, you know yeah. Because they used to have like a little, uh, I mean, they had like a little uh, cafe there, and then the old old K- Kmart, uh, best grilled cheese you ever had, Joe, back in the seventies. Really? Um, I didn't do a lot of shopping in Kmart for some reason. I was a Target guy, I guess. Well, or... I, I was uh, I was brought along. You know, I sort of had to go wherever they they told me back. Then. Right. But right. Like, it's like you when you say. Podcast at ten o'clock. I got to go. <laughs> well, right now we got to go to a break because uh, um, I keep sneezing over here. I don't know what's going on. I'm allergic to something out here. Maybe it's all these dogs. But anyway, uh, we'll take another quick break, and we'll be back with more on, on uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. With Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, I, I you know. The internet is a wonderful place, right? There's yeah. so many glorious things there that you can find, and there's some things that are not so glorious. But when it comes to the NFL and and this time of year, there's 
rumors abound and suggestions abound and and all these different things and ESPN put out a a deal he they offered uh, a suggestion for a bold move for each team and this one's getting some traction everywhere I mean even Charlie Walters is talking about it but ESPN suggests the Vikings trade Justin Jefferson for a couple high picks and then reset their team uh, and then they draft his replacement uh that uh like they did with Stefan Diggs which got them Justin Jefferson and that that worked out nice but then you're pay, you're basically uh uh picking you know trading Jefferson for his replacement and then you get some some other guy who knows that I'm not sure it's going to be a very high pick but you know I I just want to remind the guys at ESPN that the Vikings did that years ago, and they traded uh, Randy Moss, and they replaced him with Troy Williamson. So it doesn't always work out where you get to replace a Stephon Diggs with a Justin Jefferson. So I, it's 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 not it's not a a plan that I think they should go down. I'm I'm a big don't trade Jefferson guy, but sign that guy for life. But uh, anyway, what are your thoughts on that? If you would, I don't want to give it credence, whatever, but it just seems kind of silly to me. Well, the the other difference was, you know. Randy getting traded was uh, kind of Red McCombs, the middle finger to Minnesota for not building him a stadium. Uh, although Red denied that, uh, you know, several times I wrote stories about that and said that, uh, and the Wilfs didn't know about it. And I, I tend to believe them more than I do Red in that yeah. stories I've written. Um, you know, that was, and plus, you know, Red sold it as Randy had become a, a cancer. And well, Randy was always kind of, wasn't the most, wasn't the easiest guy to, keep happy and so forth and no but, uh, i don't should care might have been traded uh you know uh but yeah that but they they did they got a great pick for him. they got the seventh overall pick and then they you know they used it uh, not on an aaron Rodgers, but a troy williamson uh, they got the, the the seventh overall pick and napoleon harris's linebacker who probably did you know had a cup of coffee here it was it's got to be in a lot of ways it's one of the worst trades in, in NFL history. And that's something, saying something from a franchise that traded for Herschel Walker. Yeah. Um, you know, Randy obviously didn't went backwards in Oakland, but then he had a pretty, pretty, pretty damn good year uh, setting a yeah. record for touchdowns at, at uh, New England. Um, but yeah, the, the, but Diggs was also, you know, it was a trade where he just couldn't coexist with cousins, couldn't coexist with, with Zimmer. And so, but you know, we don't have any of that, any of that stuff going on with Jefferson. The only, you know, I, I made reference in, in an article a couple of weeks ago about how uh, the number one priority for me above anything, including Justin Jefferson's contract, is getting your quarterback situation straightened around. However that falls out, whether it's trading, you know, a couple of first round picks and moving up and getting that guy, um, you know, I, I you know, last resort would be, you know, trading Justin Jefferson to, to solidify your quarterback. But I feel like, you know, even that, you know, as I, I, I would consider, you know, but I don't think that tra trading him to first replacement makes no sense. Trading right. him to secure a great court, a franchise quarterback, possibly, because yep. then you would, you know, you wouldn't, you would have more money to, to put into your defense. You'd get your quarterback. But again, it, it's got to be, the, it has to prove to be over time to be the quarterback that is a, a franchise quarterback. If you, like if, if you hindsight, you look back and you say, well, you know, uh, the next Patrick Mahomes is available. We don't know he's Patrick Mahomes, uh, but in five, ten years from now, we find out he is. And we, oh, that's a guy was a great trade. You know, that's a, you know, well, of course you trade Jefferson, you get your quarterback, you take care of your defense. 
Uh, I don't see any scenario where I would trust him enough right now to, um, you know, to tr trade him and, 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 and find his replacement because you'd just be looking for the next Justin Jefferson. So right. if, if, it, if it's involving the quarterback and saving money and putting it into your defense, uh, having Addison be your number one receiver and finding another uh, complimentary receiver, then yeah, that, that I guess works. But uh, right now I think they need to be more focused on adding great players and not subtracting great players. That's a great point. I, I, I don't think you can – I don't. Well, you can make Addison your number one uh, receiver. He was that while Jefferson was out uh, with his uh, 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 whatever hamstring injury. But you know, he wasn't. With all due respect, he wasn't uh, Jefferson during that time. He well, you know, no one is. Yeah. yeah, he is a rookie. And that's just it. Jefferson is is. You know, you look at the the class he came in with. You know, with CD Lamb, he. Ha Lamb had a great year while Jefferson sat on the bench, but Jefferson is still ahead of him in in uh, in yards. I, I saw a listing somewhere, and there's other uh, you know Brandon Ayuk is in that uh, that receiver class, and uh, there are some others that were taken even before Jefferson that have just fell fallen off the radar. So I mean, there's no guarantee you are going to replace him, and you're certainly not ever going to replace a guy like this. I figure you've got to you know. You know, especially a, a guy who is who who wants to be here, and he he seems to, you know, work at his craft and 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 wants to win and, and wants to do things right. I I I just don't think you can you can let him go. There's there's really very few scenarios that uh, you can get me to say, yeah, let's trade him for this. I, I would rather trade someone like Daniel Hunter. I guess I mean Daniel Hunter's great at his position, had a great year, but he's. You know, twenty nine heading to thirty, and that's not going to last forever. It has some well, but he's he's a free agent. He no longer belongs to you, Joe. Oh well, that's not going to work then, is it? I trade him too. Yeah, because he's not coming. <laughs> uh, so well, I mean, okay. I'll say it metaphorically. They find somebody yeah. else. In the team. Well, it, it all it's like discussions about Kirk. You know, has to it has to include money. Uh, discussions about um, I guess with Daniel. Daniel's never hit that home run. I mean. <laughs> relatively speaking of course yeah. that home run contract that he's you know he signed that contract when he was 23 years old he was chasing that contract for the past six years you know the vikings were just kind of giving him a little bit more and more and more and more well now he's got you know they can't put a franchise tag on him you know he's going to hit the open market and i don't know that he's gonna he's not going to get nick bosa money but he probably will get more money than what the vikings are going to pay him. yeah you know, but i'm just guessing i'm i'm, I'm not sold that Daniel Daniel Hunter is certainly not going to give any hometown. Uh, I want to be back discounts. So right. I think they want to ante up. And they got to pay more than anybody or match up. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if because with what Detroit has available, Chicago has available, that Daniel Hunter might stay in the division and and uh, come back and be playing the Vikings. You know, opposite Aiden Hutchinson. I you know, but you know, he's a he's a he's a high priority as well. But I've, my point was. You know, Justin Jefferson's entered into that discussion where you got to talk about his greatness, but you also got to talk about, you know, this is he wants to be the highest paid non quarterback, which is, you know, like 34, 35 million dollars a year. It, it would trump the not only Tyreek Hill's contract, but Nick Bosa's contract. Right. Um, you know, I could see where, you know, you, you know, if you're, you're looking for it's a slow day, uh, if there is such a thing in the NFL and you're looking for bold moves. You know that's that's probably a low-hanging fruit, bold move that you 
that you latch onto because you, hey, when we start talking about that kind of money, and obviously their negotiations fell apart last year when we all thought that it was going to be a well, you know, they'll have him done before the start of the year. Well, it didn't it didn't happen. So uh, there's always a possibility. And then after what happened after that is he missed seven games. So yeah, uh, there's no guarantee, right, Kirk? Uh, uh, I want to go back real quickly to something. I mean, you 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 brought up the combine, which is happening this week at the top of the. The, the program here. And um, I just want to pick your brain a little bit about what happens down there. I mean, you know, you said that Kwesi and uh, uh, KOC are indeed going and they're going to speak down there. What, and when you were, when you were going down there, what were you kind of looking for? Were you, were you spending a lot of time, you know, watching 40 yard dashers or was it more there to find out what the coaches were doing and, and maybe uh, kind of, finding out what do you think if, if if you can glean anything from what they say or what they do as to where they might be going is that is, you know what, what how did that work down there when you went to the well the media is not i know it's on tv now it wasn't yeah. on tv when i went um you know the nfl continues to surprise itself and what they never thought would be a big deal became you know like the draft yeah as much, yeah. As, uh, as, much as foresight and great mind that pete roselle had i don't think he ever guessed that the draft would be you know what it is. Um, you know the media didn't go in and watch it. I never watched uh, any of it because I think they might have had a pool reporter go in. I don't think media generally like all the reporters go in anymore. Or even to this day, don't go in and watch it. Mm -hmm. uh, you were there for that was your first contact again with uh, your your head coach, your general manager. Wow. Um, you know on the eve of the league year, uh, and it was it's a parade of prospects that can come through for interviews. Uh, a parade of who's who of the NFL, GMs, head coaches coming through. Uh, and, and when I did it, it was, you know, this, our business has changed so much. When I did it, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't, first of all, it wasn't on TV. It wasn't, um, you know, the the social media sites that, you know, we'll, we'll get the, I mean, today, if you were to interview a guy in a group setting, you know, by the time you write your story, you know, it's probably on a website somewhere already, you know, it, it, including this one, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, back then it was a little more, uh, first of all, uh, the, the the interviews were transcribed for the people who were there. And, and you would, you, you know, talk about the olden days, you would use those, that stuff that you got like seven weeks later for your draft coverage. Uh, and then not only they come off the podium, you could get one-on-ones with guys because it wasn't as much of a crush of people. Mm -hmm. And the fans hadn't discovered that, you know, that they could bring a bag full of helmets and have everybody sign them, you know, things like that. Um, do the bag... guys ever say anything, Mark? I mean, do, they don't, they don't, the, you know, uh, GM and coaches, uh, are they just as guarded as they always are? I mean, or, or well, is there probably some... any, anytime there's a camera in some guy's face. He is saying what he's been taught to say, yeah. unless he's a unless he's a true character. He's being taught what he, he's being airbrushed by his agent, his team, his well, at this point for for these purposes, he's you know airbrushed by the fact that he wants to impress his next suitor for his you know for his employment. Um, you don't get a lot of. I'm not saying they're outright lying, but they're telling you what you what you want to hear. Um, you know. Back then, you know, to me, it was like you used those interviews for a lot of them was 
you would have topics like, you know, for me, it was always like a, like a lead up to the draft was different topics. The Wonderlick, uh, getting guys thoughts on that. You get a little more uh, when you're asking about stuff like that, topics and stuff that maybe uh, perks their interest, piques their interest. Uh, you can you get a lot of good stuff that way. Uh, now it's pretty much, you know, where do you want to play in uh, Atlanta? Do you want to play in Minnesota? Do you want to, hey, you know, you're a gopher. Do you want to come to Minnesota? Oh, yeah, I want to finish my career again. You know, this it's it's almost become a cliche of uh, you know, a lot of these interviews. Now, I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying all of them. Do you I'm ever get any one-on-ones? I'm also the old guy yelling at the cloud. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. So. Do you ever get any one-on-ones down there, or is it all just? Uh... Well, yeah, it would, it would be a lot of you know, you know, guys coming off the podium. It, you know, just you know, coaches, uh, coordinators, uh, general managers, players. You know, there'd be a lot of prospects come through. Um, the ones that the big ones that don't go to the podium would be just sitting at tables, and so yeah, it's um, there's there's some worth there to to go in. At least I know there was back then. You know, now it's, uh, you know, we have we have uh, Ben and Andrew going uh, for the Star Tribune. They've gone for several years. And um, not only does, you know, Quasey and Kevin O'Connell, you know, speak to the group, but then they, they do something for the local guys who are there as well the next day. So that's, you know, that's going to be anything that comes out of that is we'll read, you know, will be better than anything that comes out of that podium. Okay. Also, the guy like O'Connell who, you know, the, the number of questions that get to be asked to O'Connell is is a lot less than uh, than say a Mike Zimmer uh, because uh, he tends to and, and we so we've kind of a uh, teasingly maybe not so much teasingly it's like O'Connell's four corners you know like he knows if he just keeps talking and talking and talking that there's fewer questions to get asked. He went to the Brett Favre school of answering questions. Although I don't know if okay, that was a lot more interesting. That Brett was great. Yeah, I don't know if he was uh, if Kevin was asking his own questions yet, but uh, um, God dang, I had one more question uh, about about the uh, and I lost it. Um, you know, I, I uh, that's not happening. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I hope you know something comes out of it. it's worthwhile. Uh, no, I know the question now. See if I fumble around long enough, I'll get it, Mark. You can edit this out, Mike. But uh, what do you make of these all these coaches who are not going down there? I mean, it, it. I mean, I don't think the guys from the Packers are going down there. I don't. You know, McCarthy and and uh, Zimmer aren't going down there. I know Zimmer loves those press conferences. Um, and there's a number of other ones that have announced they're not going. And I, I guess I. I don't know if that happened in the past, or, but or, it seems to me like it's happening a lot this year. And that, that's telling in some way, isn't it? You know, I, I, I really don't know. It's, it, it's, a, it's a good question because um, I know that they, they get less out of it from the workouts and stuff because fewer guys, you know, if you're a big, like Caleb Williams isn't going to go there and do all that stuff. Or, you know, right. Great May or whatever, probably not going to, you know, those guys are at the top aren't going to do any of that stuff. So I don't know if that's their way of, you know, McCarthy's deal was that, that he and Zim were going to use this time this week to put together their defense and really, really work on that. And my, my response to that would be, yeah, what do you have a game next week? You know, I, I don't, well, there, there's, there would seem to be a time to do this and that uh, clearly they're not getting the, uh, 
they don't think they're getting the value of it out. And now you, I guess McCarthy, Zimmer are going to be in on by Zoom. I guess another another development could be how, you know, five, four or five years ago, none of us knew. We didn't know how we couldn't have done all this stuff. We yeah. couldn't have put out a newspaper uh, in during uh, before COVID without we never thought, you know, you could do all the Zoom and it worked remotely. And so maybe that's just an that's just a, a an example of how the world tends to work and you can work a little more remotely now. I think as a head coach, I'd still want to be there in the room with the guy. I don't, I don't quite get it. They always, they, you, know, you always hear them remark that that's one of the value. At least Rick Spielman used to say that that that's your remark of sitting across the table and and looking at these guys and asking these questions. I uh, one last uh, aside here, and I'll let let I'll, I'll let it go. But what a, what strange bedfellows the NFL makes. All of a sudden, these two guys that were across the field from each other for years, McCarthy and and Zimmer, up here in the frozen north are now in the same room evaluating players. And I'd like to go back and get a retrospective of all the post-game handshakes between those two coaches. Or was maybe they didn't play that against each other that much. Was it, you know, when, did their pass cross? Or am I just oh, making yeah. it? Yeah, quite, you know. Um, yeah, quite a few years it did, I think, you know. Yeah, yeah, Zimmer's never been an effusive post-game handshaker. And I, and I feel like Mike McCarthy is one of the best guys. When I was down at uh, Winter Park and you do the, the weekly phone calls with the opposing coach, he, he seemed like the nicest guy. I always wanted you to tell you who you were who you were, and who you were from before you asked a question. And then you had on the other end of the spectrum, you had Jim Harbaugh who would just grunt, uh, yes, no, I don't know. But uh, – uh, I, so I, I I think it will really be interesting to watch how those two uh, get together down there in Dallas this year. Well, I, yeah, the, the intriguing part for me is the fact that I think, you know, from Emmett Smith to a lot of us, you know, grunt people, we're surprised that Mike McCarthy's still there, A. And then B, you know, um, when there was some possibility that Zim would go as a consultant or, what you know, sort of do the Dom Capers route of uh, – you're not really a coach, but you're a consultant. And uh, with his close relationship to Jerry, uh, there was the possibility of maybe doing that a year ago or two years or two years, you know, the last two years, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, Dan Quinn didn't really want Zim over his shoulder. And I don't think McCarthy did either. Um, you know, with, with Zim's relationship with, with Jerry Jones, the fact that McCarthy starts the year on the, on the, the hottest seat in the league, I believe. Um, that relationship of, you know, I, does he, does he trust him? Does he, and I, I, yeah. I think once, they, once they get, once they get into the, you know, preparing for the games and everything, they're going to pull together. I think, cause I, I had a, I had a, uh, like a, a, a feeling that they didn't get along great. You know, Zimmer obviously was very, very competitive. They were in the same division, yep. big rivals, but I know whenever, and I was reminded of this, whenever, McCarthy got let go. Zimmer was went out of his way to say a little more than than you typically would hear from Zimmer on basically the Packers had made a mistake in letting this guy go. He was too good of a coach, all this stuff. Uh, But I mean, Mike McCarthy starts the season with one and a half of his feet in the grave (laughs) and uh, Zimmer right there. So, uh, but they'll, they'll, they'll come together because it doesn't do any good to, to work, work against each other on that, that regard. 
You know, it's funny you said you got your your uh, Swifty KC uh, clothes on today, but I think it's more uh, AZ Cardinals uh, clothes. And you just uh, finished up a story for Minnesota Golfer Magazine on a former Arizona Cardinal, didn't you, uh, old Larry Fitzgerald Jr.? Yeah, Jr. He was he was fun to talk to. It, it's uh, I don't know how many people. It's a crossover between this and the Minnesota Golfer Magazine, but he's a he's a fascinating guy and. Uh, uh, just you know, where it, his his love of golf is uh, it's fun if you if you're a golfer it's fun to like find out who his dream foursome would be uh, find out what his handicap is and uh, where he's played and and, and like all, all seven continents and that includes Antarctica taking a golf club down to I said why'd you do that he goes so like just to say I could do it exactly so sort of like sort of like us playing golf in January I told him I joked I said. You just trump, you know, my big bucket list thing going on right now is I played golf like uh, a, a month ago in Minnesota. And, and here you are telling me you took a club to Antarctica. So, <laughs> uh, so we're in different worlds, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do? It's uh, uh, I, I think it what you don't know, Mark. I mean, yeah, people should look for that. It's coming out this spring, Minnesota golfer magazines. But people here tune in for this podcast. They go read Minnesota Golfer magazine and then they go drink Mankato beer. So yeah. I, you know, you have all the advertisers lined up. Exactly. Well, so another thing about Larry, about a little about Fitzgerald was, uh, I, you know, one of the top, you know, two of the best hands, uh, Chris Carter, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Jerry Rice. I mean, the, the hands were yep. as good as they get. And one story about Larry Fitzgerald when, when Patrick Peterson got. He and Patrick Peterson are big golf buddies. They played St. Andrews together. They played um, uh, Augusta together. Uh, they also played with Adrian Peterson, who he, he, he told me was the worst golfer he'd ever seen. Adam Thielen told me that as well. He said, you watch Adrian Peterson play, it's it's a, it's hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, but the point was, uh, someone when, when uh, Patrick Peterson got here and one of the Vikings receivers uh, made a good block. And someone asked Patrick Peterson who came from the Cardinals longtime teammate of Larry Fitzgerald said, did you ever see a, a receiver block quite the way that, that this man, uh, it's Adam Thielen or whatever block yeah. Peterson. I, and I, you know, i almost answered it for him. I was like, uh, cause Larry Fitzgerald was in, not, in addition to being uh, number two in receptions and receiving yards and six and touchdowns uh, was, I would say the best blocking receiver that's ever lived. I mean, the guy, uh, effort, ability, you know, nastiness. He was a great blocker. And I, yeah. and Peterson went, uh, yeah, I played with a guy in Arizona. And Larry Fitzgerald, you ever hear of him? <laughs> so uh, I don't yeah, know how we got guys he's, Larry. he's a big lad. Yeah, he 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 was he 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 was the whole deal. There's no two ways about it. So so go pick up your Minnesota Golfer magazine when it comes out this spring and check it out. But uh, that should do it for this week here. Uh, we're going to come back wait next week, and hopefully we have some gems from the uh, uh, Combine to talk about. I don't know if we'll get it, but, you know, after uh, listening to Mark, you know, it'll, it'll be good. But you might be able to glean something up. But we'll, whether we, there is or not, we'll talk about it, right? <laughs> so, uh, so thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mike Wolden, behind the scenes producing. Thanks, Joe Johnson. And thank you all for tuning in. Until next week. When we do it again, we'll see ya. And skull. Skull.